Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. You are watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Today, old man Trev and myself are joined by Big Steve. Um, we're going to rename him. And uh, from the Guna podcast, uh, we've uh, got the main man himself, Owen. Um, we will look at the Palace game. We'll look ahead to the Villa game. We'll have the Guna debate and we'll talk about what is going to be, I expect, a very, very, very wonky Friday uh, uh, upcoming. How are we doing? Steve, good to see you. Um, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant to see you up at the uh, stadium uh, on Monday night. Uh, I think you put a post on Facebook, which was uh, an excellent day, and, and you put some great photos up and everything else. Uh, shame about the result, which we'll go into. But you had a good yeah. time? Mate, brilliant time. I stayed up stayed up at the old Highbury with old Mike Feinberg, who's over from the States, also on the Gooners podcast. Um, so, you know, we had a had a good laugh in the ground, sort of in the in the middle on the pitch, then had a walk around in the morning, popped over the armory, give Plonkley some some more of my hard earned cash, you know, <laughs> stir a few stir a few comments, went to the armory. So, so so was the fee for you to stay at Mike's at the North Bank, was that um for to appear tonight? Was that it? So you had to stand in for him? Uh yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it, you know. Well, Steve, I think you should have done it. You, sh- you should have done it pre-op because then it would look more like the Feinberg we know. Anyway, yeah. Owen, how are oh. how are <laughs> how are you doing, Owen? No words, not mine. I'm better after that. Better after that. Um, no, look, I'm 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 good. I'm getting ready for my, my big voyage over to to London for the first time in almost two years. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I've just been to the barber, as you can see, and he gave me a good, what he likes to call a de-tramping, because he says that, uh, <laughs> uh, he says if every customer of his was like me, that he would never make a living, because they only show up at once every six months, and it's like one of those, do you know when the, the the poser dudes walk around London and pick up a homeless guy and leave him into a barber and get him all spruced up? Well, that's what he says, I'm like, so. <laughs> Did you pick up one of his business cards at all? Because Trev could do one of those. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I, Trev, he's God. firing the shots bro not me this time um, I, no, but look, I'm going to be one. in deep trouble <laughs> I'm going to be in deep trouble on Friday I tell you that um, you, listen uh, you're in training as well for Friday because uh, you've got a little and everything else and you haven't been drinking for a little while and no, uh, no. you're out with with how many of us is there? There's going to be about 30 or 40 of us, isn't there? There's going to be a mountain of us. And actually, just if you bear with me one second, I'll show you. I've got, this is like one, like this is my collection that I've been building up over the past while. And there's literally about 25, 30 more bottles over there. So there has been um, a decent effort to build up the tolerance. I became a dad for the first time um, almost two years ago. So my, my drinking days have been sort of very limited over this past while. And, uh, I'm a bit wiser uh, than I used to be, and now I understand the tolerance that I will have to build up to keep up with such a mammoth drinker as Mike Feinberg. So um, I'm just getting the preparation, well, and it's like Mo far I wouldn't my... go to run a marathon, would never go in for a jog, would he? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but uh, listen, my 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 um my youngest is 28, so. My um, abstinence days are gone. Trev, you're in the same position as myself. Uh, clearly, by uh, seeing you on Monday night, um, you know, 
you let your guard down a little bit, you know, you, yeah. you, you made a school boy error. Um, I met your beautiful daughter uh, and she was really nice. I don't know how, it, obviously it takes oh, after oh, her oh, mum. She oh, looked pretty. She, <laughs> she looked pretty. She, she was polite. She was nice. Uh, and you left an trusting lady with your phone and, you know, you left it unlocked. <laughs> As well, <laughs> N17 born and bred. <laughs> you got wrapped by your daughter. It wasn't by my daughter, though, was it, Fergus? It was you, wasn't it? You were the ringleader of that. Anyway, nothing to do on, with me. Nothing I... to do with that. I... To be honest, as you all know, I was actually born in N15, which is Tottenham, but I don't <laughs> like to, to tell that. To, well, I've told it to everybody now. So it was, mate. I'm looking forward to Friday. I'm going to have me two pints on Friday. Can't wait. Um, had a great night on Monday with my daughter. She's not been... We worked it out 21 years since my daughter last come to watch the Arsenal with me. And we sat in the East Stand Lower at the old girl. So we walked around there and she had a look at where, where the last time she watched us in the old East Stand. And then we had a good night. We had a good night. We had a, a few beers and... Um, I must I must compliment the supporters club. The supporters club does a de decent pint of Guinness, you know, and you get it in a glass in there as well. So it's worth the pound to get in there. So, yeah, it was a good night. I enjoyed it. She gnaws me off a little bit, but then that's what daughters are meant to do, isn't they? All in all, I didn't care about the result too much at the end of the night. I had a very enjoyable evening. Uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable as 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 always. The atmosphere in the stadium uh, this season was really really good. Uh, Gunnar Ross, who's in the chat, uh, was um, in full voice, and my eardrum he has paid the price. He was he was loud at the tolly. I tell you that he won't remember. Oh, will he? he was loud everywhere. No. <laughs> he was no. <laughs> I, I spoke with them yesterday. I jumped on to Lee Judge's TV with Dan and Lee. Uh, they asked me to jump in last minute and. Uh, Hey, you were my there. substitute. <laughs> I was asked in the morning, but I was still with I was still with Mike. I didn't get back to Margate until seven ish. No, but... I was I was I was asked before that, and I said, "Can you ask Steve first? And he said, "Look, Steve has turned me down," so I jumped in uh, just because uh... you couldn't do it. That was it. Believe it, you believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I said to him, and I said I was surprised he had a voice. He he was in full voice. All the fans were in full voice in before the 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 the. the the game started even throughout the game, although it was slightly more subdued being a Monday night and the game was a little bit weird with the Vieira uh, sort of thing at the beginning. Uh, and then the performance was, which we'll go into was up and down, but overall I, I still think if that's the worst night we've had so far at the Emirates since uh, we come back from lockdown, it wasn't a bad night. Was it Trev? Yeah, it was awful. Folks, it was awful. The fans just—it was—it was there was no life there at all. Hardly we were all right till we scored the goal because we played all right, and then after the goal we turned off, didn't we? And it seemed that that turned the fans off as well. And it was, and it, and it, it was quiet, Fergus. It was, and they keep singing about Tottenham this, Tottenham that, Tottenham this, Tottenham that. Knock it on the head, boys. You know when we play Tottenham, let's sing about them a bit. Once in a blue moon, let's sing about Tottenham. But not. Well, I was on a concourse from. About 20 to 7 till 8 o'clock. And all I heard was, what do you think of Tottenham? That's all I heard. And I turned around to one bloke and I actually said to him, mate, we're playing Crystal Palace. You know, stop it. Knock it on the head. People are laughing at you. So 
It was, it was, I th see, you're, you're a bit further around than me, ain't you, Fergus? So I thought it was very quiet around where I was. I didn't think there was much life in the crowd at all, which was very disappointing uh, because I think that that was the kind of game where they needed lifting, didn't they? They badly needed lifting. They needed the fans behind them because we weren't having anything to do with the game, really. So, yeah, I disagree with you, mate. But then we're in different blocks, aren't we? So you never know. Yeah, I, I, I just thought generally it was okay. I, I To be honest... I drove down, so I wasn't I wasn't in the in match day mode Monday night as well. It's just it's just weird. Listen, the lineups, Owen. If we look at the lineups first of all, Palace were without their first, uh, the, probably the the most two dangerous players. I had didn't play. What did you make of the the um, the Palace lineup? And did you look and go, oh, hang on, I think we can do this? And uh, it all uh, well, I expected we were going to do it anyway. But looking at the lineup, did you think definitely this is a shoe in? Um, at first, uh, first impressions, yes, because you look there and with Eze being absent as well, he's another danger man for Palace and he he obviously wasn't available for selection and obviously Wolf Zaha being their talisman wasn't available for selection. But look, something I think we have sort of struggled with is the physical forwards. So although Christian Benteke's reputation has slipped him by in this past number of years, uh, he's still the profile of striker that has caused us a bit of difficulty. If you look back to the Burnley game, I think that the, there was some, some difficulty caused by the physicality in that game. And then, of course, probably the most famous one this season was Romelu Lukaku again, uh, with, with Chelsea. And the problem is, is that Wilfred Zaha wasn't replaced by a like-for-like. Like. He was replaced by Edward and, and, and uh, Ayew. So they were essentially playing with three people who could play as strikers. Three people who could have the ball pumped into them comfortably and, and, and take it down on, under control. And also, I think that the inclusion of that caused us a lot of problems, and I'm sure we'll dive into more details later about this, but with, with Tommy Asu, because with uh, Edouard not being a winger, his natural instinct was to drift inside, which causes a difficulty for your, for your fullback at the best of times because he doesn't know whether he should be staying wide or, uh, or whether he should be tracking that man in. So I think we were dragged around the place a lot by that. I think as well... I think we took for granted how much of a tough battle that would be. James MacArthur, we can talk about him later as well, but his physicality, uh, Connor Gallagher's physicality as well, and, and his ability to, to break the lines with his passing. So I think when you looked at the Crystal Palace uh, lineup initially, you could assume it to be weak, but when you actually deep dive into what that team was bringing, and I don't think they were fantastic by any means, but I think that, I think that they were far from their weakest. I think that anybody to look at that Crystal Palace team and think that they were going to be a pushover um, was proven to be mistaken. Uh, Steve, what did you make of the um, the, the lineup and, and some of the comments there that Owen said, you know, uh, Tommy Asu struggled against um, Edouard being, being in there. I, personally, I thought Tommy Asu had a really good game. That's, and then that's what I'll, I was thinking. I'll talk, yeah, I'll talk to, um, to, to Trevor about the Arsenal lineup. But go, go into and let us know what you thought about um, that. Palace yeah, lineup. yeah. I think I think Owen made a good point just at the end. You know, people would have looked at that and thought on paper maybe it's a weakened side, but but I think you you take into account the inclusion of both Benteke and Edouard. Ayu, I didn't think had a great game. He didn't do much. He wasn't on the ball a lot. I didn't think. Um, but Edouard, yeah, you know, he's got the pace, he's got the physicality, so he is cutting inside. But then that doubles up. You know, our, both our centre backs are watching what what Benteke is doing. Um, Benteke is very physical. I think we dealt with him for the most part quite well. Obviously, you know, the, the goal he scored, um, you know, was 
was unfortunate, but I don't think that was a goal where he bullied us, and I don't think the Edouard one was we're, was like we're that either. To the actual the gameplay itself mm. afterwards, but just, but just more or less, what what were your thoughts? And uh, did, did you think like what me and and Trevor to a certain degree is, which we we'll talk, we looked at lineups and we thought, oh, here we go, this this is good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. I, I, I don't think it would, you know, I don't think it would have been a, a, a pushover game. We were saying beforehand, you know, that without Zaha, obviously I, I asked whether Eze was, was still fit or to sort of on, his, on his way back or not yet. But um, no, I, I thought I thought on paper we should have beaten them. Um, I don't think they they had their strongest players. It, it, it did pose a different, a different threat, but um, yeah, nothing, sure. nothing too much. Trev, you, we, 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 we dropped Laconga following on from what we discussed with Lee and Dan uh, on the, the, the preview show. Uh, and we put um, Odegaard and Smith Rowe in alongside Party, and Pepe started. Um, how did you feel going into the game about the lineup? And, and, and w- w- did, you, did you have good hope that we'd, we'd do them? Yeah, of course. Like the lads have just said, Fergus. I thought that we put out our strongest possible lineup. I, I wouldn't say that he dropped Laconga. I think what he did was he played a team that was suitable for a game at home against Crystal Palace. He tried to go a bit more mm. expansive. He, he played more his more inventive midfielders, supposedly, and uh, he played his best side. and And I thought, I, like Owen said, maybe we were lulled into a false sense of security because I thought that we'd roll Palace over when I saw that their two best players were missing. But uh, that was far from the case, wasn't it? Far from the case. And Terry Greenwood, as much as I did agree with, with, with Terry, my good mate, he, he actually put on there that he thought Palace looked a better side on the night without Zaha. And that is actually a point to consider. I'm not going to talk about Crystal Palace because we're an Arsenal podcast, but they certainly didn't look like they missed him that much, did they? You know, they were moving the ball around really well. And, uh, and, and yeah, if we're honest... They were fully deserving of taking a two-one lead, weren't they? You know, we we went but, to sleep but before, the goal. I think that before 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 that two-one lead, Trev, uh, we came out, out out of the traps really really strong, and you know the first goal came from one of Pepe's few uh, completed crosses, and it was a good shot, a fantastic save uh, yeah. by the Palace keeper, and. In fairness to Aubameyang, who we've criticised left, right and centre um, in the past, made an excellent uh, contact with the ball and, and scored an excellent goal. And it, it did look like, here we go. And I think it, it, it might be Terry as well in the, in the comments said, that's when the crowd went flat because we thought it's a foregone conclusion. It's just going to be one of those nights that we win three or four. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for the floodgates to open further. So I've got to admit, I thought we were going we to win comfortably. I really did. And... And so, so Terry's right, and the crowd did go flat after that. It's just we've spoke while we're talking about Albamian, right? And I've got to be careful. I don't want people to think I'm picking on the lad here. But as the game got tighter later on, I really didn't like him dropping deep and 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 moving out wide. I thought we, I said it the other night on the podcast. I really thought we needed at that point a big focus in the box that was going to help us out holding the ball up and turn it around. See, but having said that, that might be how Arteta wants him to play. Arteta might be saying to him, you drop deep and you work hard and you cover off. But at doing that, that leaves you with no one up front to hold the ball up. So feel a bit for Yang, but I'm not shy of saying that I still think he's our weak spot in the side. And I think that as the game moved on, if we'd have had 
like you know, a big lad in a box that might have just turned it around a little bit, to be honest. But uh, Espe- especially with, against opposition that they've got like a big back four and centre forwards and more physical sides. I don't think we're as bullied by a physical side as much as we have been in the past. I think we'd like we saw it against Burnley, a bit against Brighton, and uh, maybe less so, but uh, a bit against Palace last night. That we 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 don't seem to get as bullied. Uh, uh, as much uh, before uh, as we did before. Go on. Not at all, mate. I don't think we get bullied at all. I, don't, I, don't I think, think we, we did a few years back. We would we would get bullied. Oh you know, man, we, we exactly. How many times over over the last few years did you see us give goals away in the last few minutes because teams come at us hard and we didn't have the bottle, we didn't have the size to defend set pieces. Yeah, but I don't think we're I don't think we're bullied now, mate. I think that we've still got players that are learning. I was really concerned at the way we dropped off after the, after we scored against Palace because I thought we were better than that. Now I really thought that we could push on and we were better than that, but we didn't really do anything, did we? You know, and that, mm. that is worrying. And if we play, I know we're going to move on to it, so I'll shut up after this. But if we play like that on Friday, I'll tell you for now, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. No, I, I, I totally agree, and we will cover the the Villa game, uh, Owen. Um, well, before we go into the the the, the sack of foul and stuff and leading, because there wasn't very much else that happened in in the first half, just mm-hmm. that early 10, 15 minutes of pressing and so on. Um, Pepe, uh, while he shows moments of, I I don't want to use the word brilliance, but little sparkles uh, when he does that shot that got uh, prompted that great save and he was involved for the the equalizer goal as well uh he's just a frustrating player i personally i don't like him at all and mm-hmm. uh, that's my cards on the table but he's just a frustrating player uh see osborne but's in the chat can we discuss pepe really frustrating i felt his movement held us up going forward he kept on coming inside instead of linking up with tommy asu and I was also a bit annoyed that uh, we played him on that side rather than playing Saka alongside Tamiyasu. I'll leave it open to you to take it forward from there on that, on, on that point. Yeah, it's it's funny because I think I'm trying to think of a more frustrating player that we have ever had at Arsenal. And that's not to say that the guy doesn't have some sense of quality. But what I don't like about Nicola Pepe is the fact that he's sort of marketed as this trickster, this sleek dribbler that has the ability to, to strike fear in the defenders and beat them. And and he's anything but that for me, because even when he's stuck in one-on-one positions, if the ball is stopped at his feet, he has absolutely no ability to beat a player from a stop. The ball seemingly has to be played in behind them, um, which for the Premier League just isn't what is needed to be a modern winger in, in this league. You know, I think that, and we can touch on him as well later, but I think Gabriel Martinelli posed more of a threat and, and, and frightened the the Crystal Palace defenders within more within this 10 minutes than Nicola Pepe did in the entire 90. And one of the most frustrating things for me, and I'm not, again, stop me if I'm jumping on to something you have for later, but when Alexander Lacazette come on, pumping the crowd up, that's when the crowd, you could hear the crowd starting to go then. And then yeah. Nicola Pepe couldn't even deliver a corner. You know, Sunday league players that I play with can deliver a corner. I don't understand why we see so many balls hit the first man. And it's just criminal. And Look, I think there's something that always happens that I used to not like very much when discussing Nicola Pepe, and that was when the price tag was dragged into it. When it it's Nicola, irrelevant. 
Nicola Pepe has always been his name isn't Nicola Pepe, it's 72 million pound Nicola Pepe. Um, by the way, people go on, but to be honest, you have to take it, you have to consider it when you're talking about context. And, and for me, a player of that value has to deliver more than one moment every few games. Um, you know, if I look at as you mentioned there, the fact that he had to be shoehorned into the side, um, and and uh, Bakayo Saka shifted over to the left, I think that Kieran Tierney suffered. Um, because of that that move, because he links up with the right-footed player on the left really well, and that's where we get the most in attacking sense out of Kieran Tierney. But to be honest with you, to jump back to the whole system, you know, Trev said there that he thought that was our best lineup. Uh, I, I I would disagree with that. I think that that system that people talk about this this four-three-three with the the single six and two eights and and Martin Odegaard and and Emil Smith Rowe. That's fine to play that if you're Liverpool. That's fine to play that if you're Man City or Chelsea when you can dominate a game. But the truth is the individual the individuals that we have within our squad at the minute, whilst have vastly improved um our squad from last season to the season before, we're still not a good enough side to play that. We need stability, we need structure. Um and the truth is I think that we needed two double pivots and although Lakanga didn't shine out of his skin when he came on, I think that we missed a trick in terms of structure with having those two centre midfielders. But and I'll leave this here as my last point. Nicola Pepe, yes, had a, had a poor game. And, and I think that defensively we were all right apart from those two individual mistakes. I thought Ben White was quite um, a, a bright shining light uh, throughout that performance. But what I will say is this, is that people say they want to play with Emil Smith-Rowe, Martin Odegaard on the same pitcher, Saka and Pepe on the same pitcher, Aubameyang or whoever. But the truth is, you could fire on as many attackers as you want. The truth is our problem isn't individuals or, or, or squad selection choices. It's it's tactical. It's We're so rigid when we're moving. I was watching us in the last 20 minutes, and I thought we were never going to get a goal because there was no off-the-ball movement whatsoever. It, it was like watching a game of snooker. It was that static. It was wild. And and, and that that's something that I'm not seeing improvement from and that's where my concern lies is that we're not seeing this improve and it's been our main issue for the past season and a half mm. um, Burgess, just wait, before we move on from that point let me just ask Owen so do you know I saw that I see that Owen I see that what you're talking about you're exactly right so is that Arteta's fault yes uh, yeah I would say so um, and I'm not sure why because look this is something that People used, and I did myself, I, I said that I would wait to Christmas now after the North London Derby performance, and I'm still willing to do that. So I am. But I thought that was the turning point. But in fact, I think that that could be um, another bow in the feather that finally shoots Mikel Arteta down. Because what that performance showed us is what these group of players are capable of. That's what we should expect from this group of players. The triangle patterns, the movement. I don't care what team it is against or, or how good that team is or how well they've done in the night. Those patterns of play, we just don't see them on a weekly basis. And my question now is, well, if we've seen it then, why aren't we seeing it now? You know, and, and these aren't difficult things. They're simple things that you're taught uh, as a youngster in football. Don't appreciate your pass. Hit the ball and move into space. Yet we don't see it from any of these players. And I struggle... I struggle to believe that so many so many of our players are on a downward spiral uh, at Arsenal since the arrival of Mikel Arteta without that being something to do with his management. Uh, before we move on, uh, these guys are hilarious in the chat. Mask Lunar, 
Uh, Owen sounds more Irish when he's on with Fergus. Guna Ross is saying he doesn't understand what he's saying. This other guy's talking about they got headphones on to get translate and using Google Translate. Yeah, very funny, lads. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Irish rule the world, by the way. Um, if you like Guinness, especially. And Trev, you do like Guinness. Steve, uh, we, we, I was just about to come to you um, on um, more or less uh, following on from that. Uh, like, Would you have started then La Conga Party? Um, no. is, is that uh, double pivot that Owen talked about? Is that um, probably why Party didn't shine? Uh, when you look at that that player and in that particular game, rather than overall for now. See, no, I, I thought I thought it looked like we were playing more of like a four two three one with with uh, with Erdegaard so deep. And when I saw the lineup and and I figured that's how we'd be going, I, I was pleased with that rather than having Lokonga, just because the way that Erdegaard presses in the middle, even though he's not, you know, defensively absolutely. <laughs> absolutely sound um guys comment then I'll, I'll come to that if you bring it up but um defensively he's not he's not the biggest he's not the strongest in midfield but he presses hard and he puts people under pressure which is when players like Ben White when he comes forward and pass they tend to mop up the ball or put the players under even more pressure because Erdegaard's already chasing them down. So I thought him in the middle with Partey was going to work. He moves the ball through the lines slightly quicker as it happens on, you know, on Monday, he didn't do it as much. Um, so I, w- I was pleased with with how we set up and and what was frustrating no, in the no, second the, half. The, 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 the question, Steve, is more, did, did the the inclusion of having party in the ESR rather than saying maybe Lakonga pairing alongside as, as two um, defensive midfielders, did that harm party's game that that that's it rather than the other yeah that's, no i i don't think i i just think it was the the fact that as soon as we got that goal everybody came deep everybody was you know we were allowing palace to to come on to us and i didn't think mm. you know i didn't think Partey had the worst game um i like the fact that he was you know still trying you know and getting closer he with his shots assist. yeah um i i didn't think Partey was that bad it was just that the whole the whole team after the first goal just sat back, was slow. We talk about Granite Xhaka and his sideways passing. Every pass in that in that sort of before the last ten minutes, even even quite a lot in the last ten minutes, was sideways. You know, we're passing it back to the keeper. We, I don't know what was going on, and it doesn't matter what formation we have. You know, at the end we had four. You know, four attackers on. We had Pepe, Martinelli, Lacazette, and Aubameyang all trying to get forward, and. No one was finding them because we was going back to the fullbacks, sideways across the pitch. No one was trying to Trev, penetrate a ball through, and it was poor. Trev, Trev, looking looking forward into the game, then uh, just before half time, there was um, uh, a foul. I haven't seen the replay of the foul uh, yet. Uh, I've been told by several people it's been taken down off loads of YouTube, um, Twitter mm. channels because of content stuff. But it, uh, um, Trev. Um, the Saka foul, as you saw it in the stadium, and I know you subsequently watched it on, on Sky afterwards, as you saw it in the stadium, did you see it as a, a malicious tackle? Did you see it as just an, a coming together? Did you uh, And did you think it was a red card? And and let's not even go into Mike Dean because he had an awful game. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked a bad tackle from where I was because we're down that end, aren't we? You know, we're behind that game yeah. and, uh... It looked a bad tackle. I couldn't judge whether it was a red or a yellow, Fergus. We can't do that in the heat at the moment. But 
it looked a it looked a bad tackle, and afterwards, when I saw it on the telly, um, I thought to myself, "Yeah, that should have been a red." For, and, and there's two reasons I can't work out in my head why it wasn't a red. Firstly, Mike Dean, you look at it. Mike Dean's in a great position to see that. He's, he's no more yes. than about four or five yards away, and he's right on it, you know. And secondly, you know, what on earth? What 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 on earth is VAR there for? You know. He should have been buzzing Mike Dean and saying, you need to seriously come and have a look at this. Because if you look at the player that kicked Saka, he's not looking at all. His eyes drop before the ball gets there and he knows where his boots land and he knows that, that, he's, that Saka's leg is in the way and he knows what he's doing. And uh, he's injured the lad and it was wrong and he should have gone. But, you know, we can't use that as an excuse, Fergus. We can't use that as an excuse. I've got this thing going around my head, mate, right? That, that, all these lads, are t- we're talking central here tonight, right? Everyone's saying about the sideways passing, the backwards passing, the lack of penetration. I've said about missing the forward, being in the box to ease a bit of pressure off. We're saying all these things, right? But we all know that that team that was on a pitch on Monday night, Still good enough. those 11 players can play better, a lot better. We know that. We've seen them do it. We've seen them play the socks off sides far better than Crystal Palace. So we're at a stage now where we have to ask ourselves why? Why do they drop off like that? You know, and and, and the reason I mentioned Arteta earlier is because Arteta, much as Owen said, Arteta's still got time for me. I think that Arteta is probably one transfer window behind where we wanted him to be. I wanted him to be ready and flying now, but I think he needs another player in, in, in January. But if the players are capable of doing better, and we all know that, they've played better, we've watched them play better, then you have to ask them why they're not doing it every week. And then, I'm not going to name any more names, but you all know what I'm insinuating. But as I said, I'm not calling Arteta out. He's got, he's, uh, uh, he needs a bit more time. But it is infuriating. They are so much better players than we're seeing. Can I jump back onto the, something I was annoyed just about the, the Bakayo Saka incident with James MacArthur, which, I, look, obviously I watched it on TV and it was... I think somebody said it in the chat. It, it, it was assault. I, you know, I've done uh, Muay Thai for a long time, not not recently, as you see by the way. But um, that that's a kick that most uh, most kickboxers would be would be chuffed with flanting. You know, it was it was a full volley to the back of the legs, and mm-hmm. thank God it wasn't in a different position or his leg wasn't planted or something because it was a potential leg breaker. That's how serious that was. Um, but uh, and and. I say this with the risk of sounding like the classic wannabe Sunday league head that thinks that oh the old game's gone and you should be able to headbutt people in the in the chin without getting sent off, and that's not what I'm insinuating whatsoever. But what what I was slightly disappointed by was that if I was on that team and that happened to me or that happened to one of my friends, I would love to see my teammates some form of retribution, some form of retaliation for something like that. Put a challenge in on him. Get dirty. Get a physical. Don't just turn to, turn into gentleman, pat him on the back, and say, "Oh, it's Grammy. You've just injured arguably our best, most influential player." You know, and that's something that I still think there's a problem with at Arsenal. Is that people say that that's unsportsmanlike and stuff? But I'm sorry, people look back at some of the most fond memories: the Battle of Old Trafford with Martin Keown and and, and Ruben Nisselroy. People look back at that fondly, all right? And and regardless of whether people think it was scummy or this or that. They did it as a team, and all they were doing was defending one of their own players. And for me, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see James MacArthur flipping across, flipping across uh, the Emirates pitch, 
head over heels after Gabrielle went in and slide tackled him, you know, and and that's something we can improve on, I think. I tell you what, that's we had it we had it did. recently, didn't we, with a with a floppy haired Frenchman. Mm-hmm. And and people didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, listen, people didn't didn't like Guendouzi for different reasons. It wasn't necessarily for his his tenacity and stuff getting involved um, in that way. Listen, we move on uh, on on with the game itself though. Uh, Saka was substituted for Lakonga in the second half. Second half is where Palace basically. We faded and uh, the Palace improved. Benteke continued his good uh, record in games against Arsenal and he scored the equaliser party. The guy you said had a good game, Steve. Sorry, I'm not digging you out, but I thought he had a dog. No, I said I didn't think he had a bad game. I didn't think he had a bad game. I definitely disagree. He was caught in possession by Jordan Ayew and Benteke drilled um, a great shot into the bottom corner. Um Trev, you come in to me on on on, on that 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 play, and then I give uh, Steve the right to reply. <laughs> I didn't think the party was that bad. I didn't think he knocked our socks off. I, f- I didn't think he was that bad, Thomas Party. No. You know, still Arnie's made a, a a good point there in the chat in that we scored a goal, then 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 we try to defend a one 0 lead, right? Not that one. We try to defend a one 0 lead, and he has made a point. I suppose you can look at it like that. But we took a 1-0 lead in the eighth minute, didn't we? In the eighth minute. You don't defend 1-0 leads from the eighth minute. You think we're in we're in a good game. We're in a game here. Old Hills is going to be drawing his 4-0 bet tonight, you know? And we didn't. We didn't. And as for the as for the reaction of the players, that might well be a Mike Dean thing, Owen, because Mike Dean would have been waiting for a reaction. You know what he's like? He loves to be the centre of attention. Mike Dean would have been waiting for a reaction and they'd have gone. They'd have gone just like that because that bloke don't care. It's all about him, you know. Don't forget, he cheered a goal by Tottenham against us once. So, you know, um, it's, it, it, it's it's the thing that annoys me is that when that ball's coming down, that is it MacArthur? Is it MacArthur that kicks him? Yeah. MacArthur knows. He knows. He's a, he's a professional footballer. He knows that Saka is between his foot and the ball. He knows he's there. He can see the ball dropping. He's watching it. And he knows Saka's in front of him. And he knows there's absolutely no way he can kick that ball. No way. There's only one place his foot's going to land. And he made sure it landed as hard as he possibly could. Yeah. Out of all of it. I didn't think Partey was that bad, Fergus. I didn't think he was brilliant. But I didn't think he embarrassed himself. Um, I, I can't say he embarrassed himself. But I just think... You, you talk about price tags and stuff, but for for, for the for, for the fanfare he came with, and not mention the price tag, but the fanfare he came with, I think he's failed to impress so far. Steve, I'll give you the right of reply because, as I said, I wasn't digging you out. I was just I yeah, was just saying yeah. I thought he had a very poor game. No, I like like I alluded to earlier on. I think after the after the goal, I think our whole our whole team was poor and because we were so far back, it didn't give him any time on the ball. There were no avenues for him or Erdegaard to pass into. Obviously, Erdegaard's going to move forward and, and be a little bit more agile around the pitch. Partey doesn't do that as much, but he did still try and get forward. He did still try and and move the ball and and, and get in. Yeah, OK, he got caught for the goal. So did Lukonga. Um It just wasn't... I, I mean, no, I don't think anyone really had had an outstanding game. I think our best player was probably Aaron Ramsdale again. Um, Gabriel, I thought was, was 
probably up there as well. I know he let in two goals, but he was he was everywhere at the back, it seemed. Um, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that Partey wasn't that bad. Um, but, okay. yeah. Oh, anyway. Uh, Odegaard off. Good night anyway, Stevie. Right? It was a good night. It was a good despite night. the result. It was a good night. And the performance. I don't care about the football. It was a good night. We had a few beers. We had a laugh. We had a joke. Ninety minutes of football came along, and then we carried on having a laugh afterwards. Did you Did yeah. you celebrate the goal though? Did you celebrate the uh, equalising goal? Well, well, oh, don't start. Yeah. That. That's another subject. No, there's a lot of it, isn't there? There's a lot we, of it. We haven't even got there yet, Steve. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen the itinerary. Right. Uh, uh, Odegaard for Lacazette, uh, uh, Owen. Um, he came um, and Lacazette came close when he first came on. You alluded to earlier on the way he went up to the North Bank. He screamed at us and uh, he got us all going. And he made such a huge difference just to the the the, the feel and and everything. Oh, that's sixty seven minutes in and. I, I've I've said it in some of the the WhatsApp groups I'm on. I think the substitution for the the, uh, the Saka injury will have influenced um, Arteta's substitution plans. But I did think that overall uh, he made some of them late, especially the Martinelli one, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But the lack of that impact was was just un- unreal. And I think if he had got that that goal that he nearly made within two or three seconds into the game, I think we'd have a completely different outcome to this whole game and, and, and our discussion today. Uh, over to you. Yeah, no, uh, look, it's it's pretty frustrating because I think for for once, in comparison to the rest of the team, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang really was set in the tempo quite early on in the game. But the problem is, I think, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is that he's a very single-minded striker in the fact that you don't really often, maybe apart from Spurs, see, see him linking play up and, 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 and setting up plays with other players. And whilst Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang undoubtedly has a better goal output than Alexander Lacazette in terms of up against each other, I'm not sure whether that outweighs what Alexander Lacazette can bring to the side in terms of linking up with Bakayo Saka, Emile Smith-Rowe, Martin Odegaard, Nicola Pepe. Uh, and the statistical output that obviously goes up when he's on the pitch with them players, you know, like I have absolutely no doubt that um, I could be wrong, but you could go and check out the 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 stats for Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Bakayo Saka, and Martin Odegaard and Pepe, and and compare it with when Lacazette's on the pitch and not in the pitch, and I'm sure there's a massive drop off when he's not there. Um, mm. Now, whether that's a stylistic combination with those players that is good or whether it's just that he instills a sense of confidence in those players that that um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang doesn't. And we hear um, the whispers coming from the dressing room that Lacazette is absolutely brilliant with those young, younger players and he really does take it upon himself to, to mentor those guys. But, and here's what I mean by this is conf- conflicting. The problem is now is that um, I'm sure we'll touch on possible lineups for the Villa game and stuff. I think that he could put himself in contention, especially with what I would see as the absence of Saka um, for the Aston Villa game. But this is a player coming to the end of the contract that the club and the player really seemingly don't have much of an interest of, of, of extending that stay at Arsenal Football Club. And we'll look back, you sort of know what you're going to get with Alexander Lacazette. And it's simply re- probably not good enough. It's not up to the level that we want. 
And should we be investing that time in somebody like a Flo Balligan or a Gabriel Martinelli or, or a Pierre-Henri Cavamiang who has a much longer lucrative contract with the club? And that's my only problem is do we fall back in on dependence to Alexander Lacazette that has let us down in years past? Or do, do we start to offer out the opportunity to somebody else whose future is obviously well, going to be more oh, prolonged oh, at the club? Excluding contracts uh, and, and the money that um, Aubameyang's on, if it was it was equal 50-50 between the, the Lacazette and Aubameyang, which one would you keep? At, at the minute, I, I would mm. keep Alexander Lacazette. Mm. For statistical, yeah, I, 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 or, or for, for tactical reasons and financial reasons. I think that the, those wages are going to be an absolute burden on us. And I think that anybody that looks back, look, here's something that I compare to. Remember when Mesut Ozil re-signed? Everybody was, oh, thank God we got Mesut Ozil back. Thank God we're not losing both him and Alexis Sanchez. And it was very much the same thing when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, signed a thing as, as, as they were putting out around that time. And, and and for me, he isn't in the same ilk as Mesut Ozil. He doesn't conduct himself in that manner. He obviously still works hard, as we see at the start of that Crystal Palace game. But every player has a natural decline. And unfortunately, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang relies a lot on his on his instincts for finishing and his pace. And both of those things always start to decrease in around that 31-32 age. And maybe we're just starting to see those those dip off on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think so. Um, Trev, uh, just trying to get to the end of this game because I want to go on to the Villa game as well. Palace stole the ball off Arsenal again. This time it was Conor Gallagher that uh, dispossessed uh, Lukonga um, and broke quickly. Eduardo, um, or Edward, uh, shot a goal on, on the underside of the bar. Uh, Ramsdale did his best. I thought Ramsdale kept us in the game quite a lot. Uh, I did notice that Gabriel was way up the pitch in that in in that play, and Ben White was left type of you know midships and and didn't know where to go or what to do at, at any one point. I don't think Ben White's at fault, but it did feel like Jesus, he's been hung out to dry a little bit. About what did you think about that goal overall? They broke well, Palace for that goal, didn't they? They broke well. I thought Ramsdale should have saved it. By the way, thought he was poor, Ramsdale. Thought he should have saved it. No, not really. I'm only joking, Fergus. I'm only joking. <laughs> I thought he was battered for the goal, but yeah, they broke well, Palace, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was a good goal scored by a side that were that were on top for most of the game. There's no more you can say about it than that. It's can I can like, I ask yeah. you can I ask you this, Ross? Right, and this is something that I was screaming at the TV. Uh, uh, Ross, what are I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking in the chat and seeing good or Ross. <laughs> there. Uh, no, look, look back at the, the Ryan Giggs goal in the FA Cup against Arsenal. No, and I was no. screaming at that time when Palace were on the break, take him down, somebody take him down. And it should have been, it should that move should have been ended way before he even got to Ben White. Ben White done everything right, he jockeyed him, tried to hold him up until somebody could arrive and give him a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, uh, and you boys could speak to this better, but in the in the stadium, I heard that the shot was actually a rocket. It was so quick that Aaron Ramsdale didn't really have much of a chance. But do you think that somebody should have maybe done what MacArthur done? And this is what I mean by we don't have that nasty streak in us. Put the boot in somebody before it gets to that stage. Well, I think, oh, I think ideally, they, I thought... ideally they would. Ideally they would, Owen, but they didn't. And and. It's a, a part of the weakness of our game, I suppose. I can't. I, I've not seen that part on the, on the telly, so I can only remember it as it happened at the stadium, and I can just remember him running away from us. And the next thing I knew, it was 
it banged in the back of the net in, in the blink of an eye. So I can't really comment. But the, well, but the I, the idea of what I, you're I, saying, I, I mean, of course, of course, someone should have on reflection, someone should have got hold of him and dragged him down. And at that stage of the game, took a yellow for it, you know. Um, and we haven't Trevor, got that, a at, at, at that point. I think Gabriel. Well, Gabriel was way up the pitch. Party. Um, I think he was still on the pitch at that point, but Party was jogging back and Lakonga was on his ass. So anybody who could have taken him out uh, wasn't there to take him out. And, that, and I think that was the issue. Uh, Owen, that, that there wasn't anybody to take him out. It was uh, go on. It was after an attack and, and it was one of the things I was saying earlier on about the, the slowness in midfield and the, the lack of, sort of forward passing. The reason Gabriel was up, and he did it quite often in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, he was on the edge of their box trying to trying to call for a, for a shot in for a crossover from Pepe's side. Obviously, Martinelli was trying and Tierney was not coming forward as much as he could have been. But it happened in it, for quite a few times in the second half. Gabriel would sort of move the ball forward, got towards the end of the box, and he's, he's around the box waiting for a cross to come in. And no one was crossing. And I think when Lokonga lost the ball, he was looking inside. As he's turned to look inside, he's lost the ball and they've they've gone. And, and, and I think if we had a bit more tempo to our game, obviously Lokonga doesn't lose that ball. But also, you know, the, the players that... You know the players that are bombing forward because we're trying to trying to get something and nothing's going to them. If if the ball gets moved quicker, then obviously they don't break and if some mutts. But but yeah, but I don't think Ben White could have done anything, and and I don't think Aaron Ramsdale could have done either. I'm impressed with White and Gabriel. But just folks, just before you move on, mate, Guna Russ, right? Might have just nailed it. We put out that comment he's got about no about the one about Alba and Lacquer, right? What about Alba and Lacquer? Because it's it's a really interesting comment. Is it time that they both went and we started again up front? Is it time? I, 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 just said, I, I, I think Lacquer's never been prolific goal scorer. Is it time where we look at it and think, right, we, we'll mark this player down and this player down for January and we have a complete I, 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 I think it is time for us uh, to, to get rid of both. But if we were to keep one and bring another one through, or uh, two through, uh, I'd keep Lacazette just for now because I think you could put him on a year extension, give him a little bit of money, and he'd be all right. But the the, the problem we'll is Alba, the Alba won't go, will he, mate? Uh, the, no, Aubameyang's not going to go because nobody are going to nobody's going to buy him for that money. He's got another year left in his contract after this year. He's just going to stay stay there and get the money. And look, you know, if when he comes good, he comes really good. But he's not coming good uh, enough. Um, Tierney came very close. I don't know what he he didn't know whether to pass back or what to do he looked a little from where i was and trev you're very close to me um he looked a bit like oh christ what do i do i've got i've got to shoot and he just took a shot and he was so unlucky we all jumped at that point and we all thought it was across the line and it bounced the wrong way across the line and bounced out out of the net trev uh, did, did you think he looked a little bit like oh shit what do i do no i've i've got no, I've not got one single issue with Kieran Tierney. The only issue I've got for is in is in defence of Kieran Tierney in that I think maybe he's lost a bit of enthusiasm for bombing up and down the line and getting the crosses in because we've got absolutely no one in there that's ever going to head the ball mm. in the back of the net. And and and, and I say that in defence of Kieran Tierney, I, I, I think we've got a cracking player. I've, I don't think he's got any weaker. I just think he plays the game differently. 
people were saying at half-time against Tottenham, he stopped bombing forward as much as he did. Well, of course he did. We were winning by three clear goals. And he's not going to... Arteta would have said to him, just be careful with you moving forward. Defend a free goal lead. So absolutely no problem at all with Tierney Fergus, mate. None at all. I feel sorry for him. And that might be the reason why, as Steve just said, we're finding Gabriel getting forward a bit more because he's going to be the one that heads the ball in the net if we do get a cross in, you know? So, that's true. That is true. Do you not think as well it's down to the fact that teams have figured out that it's very, very easy to nullify Arsenal's attack and threat, that it's simply that our, our, our tactic for the past season and a half has simply been get the ball to Tierney, spam crosses into the box and let's hope we score. That's very, very easy. It's like... It's like going up against um, Man City, say for example, um, and and saying just nullified Kevin De Bruyne. You know that, that that's the main outlet. That's where the, that's the tempo setter. And for us, it's the left back. So it's very very easy to limit. So easy to limit him. And and unfortunately, I think that he's just fallen victim of of, of the fact it, that like, like remember saying... when Nicola remember when Nicola Pepe first came, nobody knew how to defend against Nicola Pepe, and then finally everybody figured out, Jesus, this guy's terrible on, on his weak foot just show him onto his weak foot and he's going to do nothing and now it's simply to forget about the winger double up on Kieran Tierney and we'll be fine yeah, yeah to be honest yeah. I, I was going to cite Pepe on that one can I ask you a question while we're on fullbacks mate you never answer many questions on here you know <laughs> Tierney's our threat from the left do you think that Tommy Asu could develop into just as big a threat on the right he's only played half a dozen games so he's still developing but I've got I've got a feeling that Tommy Asu could be just as threatening on the right as as Tierney is on the left. To be honest, from what I saw, Tommy Asu in, in in the flesh last night uh, on Monday night and uh, over the last few games, some on TV and everything else. I, I've been so impressed with the player overall. He has got the pace. He defensively, he's really really strong. But I have seen him put a couple of crosses in, and and I think he looks like the player that can develop. Anything he wants to develop, he just he just looks like he's so focused on on, on trying to do what what he's doing. So yes, he could be that threat on that side as well. Um, I, I think we've we, we've got a, a total gem in Tommy Asu. Uh, I know he came into some sort of some people were saying he didn't have a great game on Monday. From where I was standing and watching, I th I thought he had a fantastic game. Um, listen, a, a question to you guys. Vieira made a tactical decision by taking off Eduardo early um, and with eight minutes left, he put Tompkins on, went very defensively. Um, Vieira can do nothing wrong in Palace's eyes, can do nothing wrong in Arsenal's uh, eyes. Uh, if Arteta had done the same thing in the same position, he would have been absolutely slated discuss Steve come in did he what do you think about about Vieira's decision to go defensive when he's 2-1 up against Arsenal at that point um I mean it makes sense I I think you know the way that we were playing we weren't looking threatening going forward um why not why not sit and you know because we were sitting deep up until the 81st well, we, minute we, we were so why not just try and take it, take it on the chin? Say you know, expect that Arsenal aren't going to come at us like, like maybe other teams will because generally we don't. And and yeah, save Edouard for you know I don't know who they've got next, but save Edouard for the weekend. Ayu's gone off, Edouard's gone off. Benteke might not play the next game because because the game might not suit Benteke. So 
I think it made sense. I think it made sense from a Palace standpoint. Owen, uh, again, I'm going to disagree with Steve. Christ, Steve, you're having a bad day in the office with me on this one. Yeah, but, yeah, no, no I, I, uh, we, I, we 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 brought on Lacazette, who had just like changed the pace and tempo of the game. We were threatened, pushing forward, forward, forward. Uh, we had just missed the chance. Yesterday, had got uh, got ahead and gone two one up, but we were still pushing and going for a tyranny. Had hit the underside of the bar, and he takes off his only threat going forward, really, um, to go defensive when you know. We were chucking everything forward. He could have nicked us on the break, in my view. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I think that, I think that, in my honest opinion, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't think we ever looked like scoring really. Um, I thought that Crystal Palace had us pretty well contained, and I actually I, I disagree with Steve on in terms of that being the right substitution. I think that uh, I seen Paddy Vieira checking his mobile phone right before he made that substitution, and I've got a suspicion that that was coming from Arshin Wenger. Because it seemed like it was straight out of the Oshenbanger handbook to fire another defender on to try and hold out a lead. But um, to be honest with you, I think it shows the the inexperience within Patrick Vieira's game as well. Because uh, if he if he had looked at Arsenal through the start of the season, he would have known that that we've really struggled when being pressed really high. And I think that's where Crystal Palace found a lot of joy in this game when they were when they were pressing us and putting us under pressure all the time. I thought that Gallagher set that tempo absolutely brilliantly and they were relentless, didn't give us an ounce of space to breathe. And I think that by sitting back and inviting on the pressure, you were letting Arsenal play play their own game. And look, even though I say I didn't think we, we ever looked like scoring, if you pump enough balls into the box, eventually something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get lucky and it just turned out that we did. But to be honest with you, Palace dropped points and we, and we gained a point. That that's the way I look at it. That they they were the better side on the night. We were we were outplayed completely, and I would say that. And I don't know if this is maybe a little too harsh. I think that the the improvements that Patrick Vieira has made in terms of what you expected Roy's Palace to play like and what they played like against us, I think that Patrick Vieira has made more of a difference in the short time that he's been with Palace than Mikel Arteta has done to Arsenal. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't. Can't really argue much of that. Um, well, I disagree with Owen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I just. I just. I just. I just felt that if Arteta had made the same move and the same tactical substitution, as much as uh, uh and I. I haven't really got into Martinelli that much. I, the, the, he looked be begrudging to put Martinelli on and left it so so late, and Martinelli was left isolated. Uh, quite a lot by Laconga and some of other uh, his other teammates uh, in, in the game. I think if Arteta had done the same substitution um, and we we dropped two points like that, um, I, I, I think Twitter would have blown up. One um, one thing I will ask, just just to flip it. Obviously, last kick of the game, great you know great finish by Lacazette. But we every people have said we were lucky to get a point there. You know, it was a lucky goal, right? So had we not got that lucky goal, last kick of the game. Would we be talking about Vieira taking off Edouard, going defensive, winning 2-1, holding out as a tactical masterclass, and everyone would be using that as a sword to to slay Arteta with? So, Steve, Steve, fine you're margins. probably right. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're, that, you're no, 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 but that, very, that, very... That... But that's the difference, is that then his plan would have worked, so it would have been yeah, proven right. right. But it very almost, wrong. very much almost did. 
doesn't matter, Steve. If you jump out of a um, an airplane <laughs> and your parachute almost works, it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and Steve, my, my, my point was more about if hmm. if if Arteta had done that, the world would have he gone, has done you know, he has done a lot. Well, and, just... and it's bitten us in the arse. So oh, well, okay, let's 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 just go on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go on. You've not asked me why I disagreed with Owen. What's the matter with you, Fergus? You're meant to be the honourable leader here. <laughs> I, I was about to come. You've not asked I was, me why. I, I, I was about to come to you and ask you about the the ninety five ninety uh, fifth minute winner and Lacazette and see if you were there to celebrate it. Right. Listen. Can you put up that comment from Jar Ryder there about the t shirt? Uh, that's quite yeah. Wait, I want to know why he was language. With me. This is good. Listen, uh, Joe Ryder, Riders of the Night, right? He's a group that, that, that all the proper Arsenal lads go to see and we love. They, 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 they're the boys that sing, you know, Paddy got up and he sang it again. They're a great group. If you hear they're playing around Arsenal at all before or after a game, go and see them. You'll have a laugh, right? You go and see them. They're proper lads, right? Proper lads. But Owen, listen, right? Going back to the press, right? It, it, it was really interesting what you said because I honestly thought that this season with White and Gabriel and then with Ramsdale behind him, and I think Reed's a game better than Leno, I thought that we've played against the press better than we have for a long time. I think that I thought that Gabriel and White have got that little bit higher skill level on the floor. And then when the press does come too hard, Ramsdale has been clearing it, right? But the and the point I'm making now is that Ramsdale does great there and he used the ball up the field when he detects the pressure. But this is where we lack a big body up the field because I was watching it the other night. Every time Ramsdale woofed it, it came back. It came back because we didn't have... And once again, I'm not having to go at Aubameyang here because Aubameyang's not this type of player. I'm talking about type of player rather than name of player, right? We've not got that type of player up there that when Ramsdale does use his sense, holds the ball up, and gives our, 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 our three just behind them the extra few seconds to catch up with the game, you know? So it's there's loads to talk about, and I don't know how we put it right, but but I honestly think we've I honestly do think we've dealt with a bit of press better this season than we have in, in seasons previously. We we don't seem to be that bad against it. That's you know, so for me. Uh, uh, as we as we t- talked about earlier, like you know, a scrappy but Maybe ill-deserved, but lucky, and we'll take it. Um, goal by Lacazette. Um, 95 minutes gone. A lot of the fans had left. Um, I had wandered towards the back because I had my grandson with me, and he was uh, had to be home for school. So we watched it just on the, the screens behind, and he celebrated uh, wildly. Um, Trev, did, did you celebrate the goal? Uh, do you know what, Fergus? I've got to hold my hands up because... I did leave five minutes before the end, and I never do as a rule, but I had my daughter with me, and I had to get her home. We had, I promised her we would be on um, the 10.24 from Finsbury Park, because then we didn't get home till turn one in the morning. And if we miss a 10.24, text- it's, it's, it's too late for us. So part of her coming was that, you know, I'd got her out of the ground, so you- I missed but let me tell you, if you I'd have been me, in there... You text me about half past one in the morning saying I'm home. So, you know, that that's why yeah. people do leave. Yeah. And that, that was the reason I asked. That was all. But I wouldn't uh, normally uh, leave, Fergus. I wouldn't normally no, leave. I don't have my daughter with me, as you said earlier. But as for not celebrating it, mate, I was I was halfway down 
Plimsoll Road, nearly at Fiendsbury Park Station when I had it going, and I was dancing in the street. Of course you <laughs> a bloody goal. If you don't celebrate an Arsenal goal, you have to look at yourself seriously and say, yeah. am I a proper Arsenal fan? Mm-hmm. Do I support the Arsenal? An Arsenal goal in the last minute to get a draw is a goal to get a draw. And it's a goal that got us out of trouble. And it's a goal that lightened the load a bit. So, of course, you bloody celebrate it. You shout your head off. Ben Bennett, by the way, there, Fergus. What a man, Ben Bennett. He's writing a great piece in the latest issue of the Gooner, Ben. And I found out today that he's going to be writing regularly for the Gooner, Ben Bennett. And you won't find any bigger Arsenal fan than Ben Bennett to write the pieces for, 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 the, for the Gooner. He's a top, top man, Ben Bennett. Um. So uh, we move on to the, um, the, the 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 Villa game. The only reason I brought up that was I saw I saw loads on Twitter on Facebook people going, oh there you go, uh, and, and not just Arsenal uh, groups and stuff going, there you go, uh, Highbury or uh, the Emirates gets uh, vacated again. These fans, this something. But what people don't realise is our, our our reach is that far that people are coming from all over the country, and you you have got to get home. And you know London transport and and British British Rail and etc. Uh, don't take any of that into consideration. It doesn't happen in Germany. It doesn't happen in other countries around Europe where they they actually plan things forward. Looking at the Villa game, uh, Friday night expectations. Owen, um, it's twelfth versus thirteenth. Twelve points versus eleven points. Villa have lost one more game and drawn one less game than Arsenal. They've lost to uh, um, Wolves uh, from being two 0 up uh, to lose three one. Uh, they lost to Spurs two one. They've beaten uh, they've beaten Man United away, uh, Ch- Everton at home, and drawn to Chelsea away. Uh, what what are we expecting? This this is to be honest with the two games this week. I didn't think this was the got to be the, the the easier of the two. No, and and it hasn't been in recent years. I think especially over the last three three seasons or so. Every time we've 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 met Aston Villa, it's always been a fiery occasion. It's always been. Pretty good. That's it. It was actually the last game that I was at, and funny, this is going to be the first game back since, which was the the three two comeback when Unai Emery was still still manager. Ian's leaving and Niles getting sent off, and that was an absolute cracking game. And I'm expecting um, more fireworks, a lot a, a lot of attention. There always seems to be these narratives, whether it be Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira's return, and and of course it's going to be Emmy Martinez's return. Um, to the Emirates with a crowd in it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of reception he gets. He's been very vocal in the media um, coming out. Uh, he seems to never have Arsenal off the tip of his tongue when he, when he sits in front of a camera. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see that. But look, they're a very good side owner, a very good manager. They're making a lot of smart moves in the transfer window. I think it's, uh, it's going to be funny as well because it, I think there's a little more spite between Arsenal and Aston Villa. Um, Essentially, down to the fact that Emmy Martinez has gone there, that that uh, Emmy Bendia was beaten. To, uh, his signature was Aston Villa beat us to his signature, so they seemingly took one of our top targets near the start of the window, and then to put in a cheeky, very undervalued bid for Emil Smith Rowe on a number of occasions as well. So I think that there's there's more tension now with Aston Villa than there's probably been in the last thirty years, I'd say. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. Look. And I don't like saying this, but I don't know how we're going to do. Of course, I don't know. But we never know what Arsenal's going to turn up. We could obliterate them, slap them 4-5-0, or we could get absolutely hammered by them. The only thing that gives me a little more confidence 
is that Trev has mentioned them on a couple of occasions. I think that the uh, the, the centre-back current of Ben White and Gabriel makes us much, much more resilient at the back, especially Gabriel. I think he gets overlooked so, so much. He's a, he's a mammoth of a defender. Brilliant physically, brilliant playing out from the back. And do you want to know what? I think that if there's anything that the Crystal Palace game showed us, and I know we touched on Thomas Partey as well, and I think that he's missing this, is that and I'm not sure whether this says a lot about the player or a lot about our reliance on him, but we kind of miss Granit Xhaka in the centre of the park. Um, I think that whilst he does have his flaws, he's got a lot of positives to his game too, and I think that that's shown through because Thomas Partey has come from an, an Atletico side um, with Koke, with uh, Saul Miguez, with with really established central midfielders, and I just don't think it's within his character to be that dominant in centre mid. I don't mean like physically dominant or, or his attributes in terms of moving about. He's he's very dominant in that sense, but in terms of being that general, the person in charge, that Patrick Vieira, I don't think he has it in him, and I think that we're really going to miss Granit Jack over the next few fixtures. So look. Difficult fixture at the best of times, but oh, with the it, it, It's been fantastic have. having you on here, but like uh, loving <laughs> Granacheca is. <laughs> Look, uh, and this is what I mean. I, 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 mean. I get like, your point. I do get your point. Like, it, it is is it, is that alarming that we are relying so much on somebody like Granacheca? Does that say a lot about the state of Arsenal Football Club at the minute that somebody like him is so important to this side? Uh, I, I, I I understand where you come on on the the, the Shaka thing, and and I think. He's got attributes of his game that we did, we do miss in the midfield, but he's also got attributes of his game that we don't miss, which is the very negative backwards, sideways passing. Although the horseshoe uh, did come into play against Palace again when we ran out of ideas and when they pressed us, uh, I, but he's normally the instigator of that. And, and for that reason, plus others, and forget about the Palace game three, two, three years ago, which still sticks with me and sticks in my crawl. Um, I ain't getting some but, amount of but, shit in the chat for uh, backing up Grant. <laughs> I think, look, let me let me get this very, make this very clear. Grant Xhaka is an absolute yoke. He's terrible. I don't think he's a fantastic footballer, but in comparison to what we have, you know, like you can't pick and choose when you're, when you're scraping the bar. You have to take what's there. Listen, <laughs> Owen's, Owen is, Owen is right in the way, Fergus, because, Let's be honest, the Granite Jacket that played against Tottenham, mm-hmm. we miss. We'd miss that every week. But unfortunately, the Granite Jacket that played against Tottenham is probably about 5% of his total performances across the course of a year. And, and we've spoken about the problem against Palace being we had no penetration, we had no forward movement. If we got the old Jacket there as well, then we are in trouble. You know, but in yep. fairness to Owen... The, the, you got to give credit where it's due. The jacket that played against Tottenham was outstanding. And you know me, Fergus, I don't like the man. I don't think he should be playing for our great football club. But, you know, but once again, there you go. It shows he's got a performance in him, you know? But, you know, we wouldn't want him in his, we wouldn't want him in his uh, negative mask because we'd be in massive trouble. Oh, and you're getting absolutely ruined here. Sorry, <laughs> right, Steve. Uh, Steve, do you want to pass it? To, pass it to the left. The guy who's having a bad day at the office knows Owen. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, he's he saved me. He's, you're you're, he's re- you're relieved. He's my Lacazette. That's that's <laughs> at the death. At the death. Coming in. Clutch. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. What, there's some. There's some great lines there. He's my Lacazette, and uh, jumping out of a plane without a parachute. If you got that. <laughs> Two great lines tonight. It's absolutely brilliant. 
Um, guys, uh, go on. Uh, uh, Steve, have your final word on this then. Yeah, um, and um, uh, we, we'll close the show. Yeah, my my thing on Jacker, I think, you know, look at how he performed before Tottenham. He was, you know, we're saying, why is he passing it sideways? Why? And, and there was a lot of that anyway. So would he have been the difference on Monday night? I don't know. I, I t- Again, I get where Owen's coming from. Um, and we, I was I was saying this to to Potsy. It was it was you know if he's in the side, yeah, we know what he adds, and sometimes we miss what of what he adds. But in a game like Monday night, where it's scrappy, where it's Mike Dean, he puts the slight you know a slightly more aggressive tackle in, like the tenacity and the tenacious tackles that Owen was saying we were missing. That's a yellow. That's a red. With fine margins, or it gives away a free kick. Uh, you know we. That granite Xhaka costs us more than he gives us, and I think, I think that's that's my that's my final say. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, right, um, Owen, briefly uh, prediction for Friday night score. I know it's impossible, <laughs> but go for it. Um, my prediction is that I'm going to be extremely drunk and not <laughs> remember any of the game. Um, I think that's time three at least. <laughs> Steve, yeah. have you made your mind? Go on, score prediction first of all. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm gonna go a, a scrappy two-one win. I think. I think that when we started out, Mikel Arteta always pulled something out of the bag, <laughs> much like Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, so not tonight. Uh, <laughs> not, not tonight. tonight. They lose two nil. I know, but he'll be at Brentford or something, and then keep his job for another <laughs> another month. So no, two-one win. Um, and I'll do uh, Emil Smith roll to score. Fine. Steve, I don't know if you've managed to get work off and get up for the game. No, I'm I'm not going to be up. I'm afraid. I'm I, I'm I'm aiming for Tuesday. Um, I know a lot won't be there, but uh, no, I I, th- I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be one nil, one nil Arsenal. Okay, and uh, it's Trev time. Your score prediction and your 15 minute monologue. Go on. I'll <laughs> <laughs> You'd be glad if I just didn't say anything now, wouldn't you? If I just turned off and went that bit. No, I'd, be, I'd be pleased. I'd be no, pleased. It's a great right, film buddy. I want to watch. <laughs> well, you're, you're telling porkies. You're telling porkies. Right, listen, I think that the team's... I'm hoping that the team selection is... Is Saka not going to be fit, is he? I don't think he'll play. No, so, Saka, if Saka don't play, if Saka don't play, we bring Laconga in and then we stick with the, the rest of the team as it was. Um, we don't we don't change Alba, but we look at bringing on Laka much earlier into the game. Um, and I don't think we can play that badly again with that team. I'm hoping so. I'm always wrong, I know, but I'm hoping we can't put that same team out again. If I was Arteta, I'd be saying to him now, that was rubbish on Monday. I'm putting my faith in you this Friday. Go out there, turn it on and show us how you really can play. Because everyone in that 60,000 crowd knows you can play better. Go and prove it. And I think they will go out there and prove it first. And I think we're going to win 4 0. <laughs> and I think Martinez oh. is going to be gutted and walk off with his towel between his legs. But as Guna Russ said earlier, he'll probably get a round of applause because every goalkeeper that ever came to Ivory, whoever they were, whoever they were, when they came down to their goal, they got a round of applause. It didn't matter who it was, for what side. You know, I, the, season I expect, after, I expect... the season after, Gary Sprake knocked. Who was it he knocked out now? I can't remember who he knocked out. Even the season after, Gary's break still got a round of applause when he came down and took his place between the sticks. So he'll be I, all right. I expect he will. I, I expect he will get a warm welcome. He won't get his 
you know, a Vieira-esque welcome, but I think he'll get respect, a respectful Arsenal welcome, and, and deservedly so, you know, that's the way it should be. Uh, you went 4-0, Christ, I... I can't. I, I really struggle to. I'll go a scrappy one nil. Um, but I. Hey, I he's agree agreed with, with me. <laughs> just twice in a night. <laughs> um, but but uh, the, I I do agree what you've all said that it's going to be just a, a difficult game and you can't really call it. It, it, it could be four nil Arsenal. It could be four nil Villa. Who knows? It could be a four four. It's one of those. Oh, and tell people where they uh, the official Shaka fan club. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> besides on on on, on shakaofficial dot com, uh, where else can can people catch you? Uh, I, I don't give me a dress out on on the internet. Shaka Hub. Um, no, no, no. no. We leave we leave that to, we leave that to Guna Ross on Lee uh, Lee Judge's fan cams to give uh, Lee Judge's home address out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter, uh, just under there at uh, Owen Young AFC, or on the Gunners podcast as well. Also, we're still uh, we're still pushing ahead towards the the finishing line of our uh, Gunners Free Cancer campaign. So head over to Gunners Free Cancer where we're having a couple of raffles and stuff still. So you can check out the unbelievable prices we have there and oh, just oh, and make while, a donation. While, while while you talk about Gunners V Cancer, um I was hoping that Mike was was gonna be here as well and we could talk to him and congratulate uh, the Guna podcast and on their achievements. Uh it's a, a fantastic achievement that one of our podcasts, our little podcast, big podcast, whatever, but a podcast that we all know everybody and up against the likes of Sky TV and 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 some of the main uh, sports publications that Mike Feinberg yourself and, and, and the rest of the guys at uh, the Guna podcast and Guna V Cancer got a, a recognition as a content award for a charitable, a charitable um, uh, campaign. What was the charitable char- 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 campaign? Best char- char- charitable campaign yeah. award. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well done uh, on behalf, uh, on behalf, uh, from uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Thank you very much for that. No pleasure, buddy. And as I say, it's a, uh, it's all down to Mike, the work that man puts in behind the scenes and, as I said, after like he may come across as a big ignorant idiot, but uh, the the truth is is that he's, he's one of the most gen- genuine, current people that you'll ever meet within this fan base, and he he puts himself out there just for the benefit of others, and and uh, it's really good to to see all that work finally being recognised and and him getting the 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 recognition that he deserves. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, he he put, he put me up Monday night, as Trev said, he had to leave early. I would have had to leave early. But what up Monday but... night? He he, he he let me stay at his place Monday night just so I didn't have to leave the game early. So he, he is, I, I think, to get gold amongst a load of other huge, huge football content creators for the charitable campaign was was brilliant. And as Owen said, the work he puts in and, and the generosity of that man, I think, is is huge so yeah well said, well done, Mike. Well said steve steve, steve uh, give uh, a shout out for your twitter and what else you do you do some music as well yeah uh, so can... at big steve with two e's um big steve artists for some music stuff i did do the uh the original theme tune for lee judges tv and i was giving him some, giving him some stick the other night because because him and his mates whoever does the channel oh ditched it didn't they ditched old big steve's little <laughs> theme tune not that i'm bitter or you know there wasn't enough. Yeah, so, uh, there wasn't enough uh, rap in it, apparently. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Trev, uh, they can find you outside Block Five, generally lying in a, a stupid, drunken slumber. Isn't that about right? 
That's me, yeah. That's me. Well, Dave, listen, there's, there's one more thing we've got. We spoke about it the other night, right? But just before we finish, about the way match-going fans have been treated, right, with, by, by the television companies. And since we spoke, I'm serious now, right? This is so... Since we spoke, they've released the December fixtures for television, right? And for a match-going fan like myself, in December, we've got... 2nd of December, we've got Man United away. No train zone. 6th of, de- 6th of December, we've got Everton away. No train zone. 18th of December, we've got Leeds away. No train zone. And then... There's one more that I can't remember. But they're, I just like well, to say, they're on the sc- they're on the screen now for you. Oh, so you got Manchester oh, United oh, on on um, the second of December uh, on Thursday night, um, Monday night Everton. Uh, the, the following end, end of the same weekend is yeah, also costing people a fortune. Um, three o'clock kickoff Southampton at, at the Emirates. Uh, uh, Premier League uh, game on a Wednesday night uh, against West Ham. It's in London. It's a London, London. You can't. Right. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah, yeah, Leeds five thirty on a Saturday. I'll take that rather than a twelve thirty, if I'm honest. But you can't get home, yeah, Fergus. I... The last train for for London leaves Leeds. I think it's at about eight fifteen, and you 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 can't get it if if you stay to the end well, of the game. You Trev, can't get the train. Trev, if you sort my ticket out for Leeds, we can get a hotel. Not me and you in the same room, but like we can get a hotel and get on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's it. I've got no ticket. <laughs> and then, the and then we got top the tail. 26th of December, we've got Norwich. There's no trains there right. all back. And the point is, Fergus, the point is Sky TV. New, New, New Year's about- Day. New Year's Day, 1230 kickoff in London yeah, and the guys from Manchester City. They've got no chance. And these, these TV companies, they blurt on about you know, the environment and how they're going carbon neutral and zero and, and how they care about the fans. When we weren't there, you know, you had, I'm not going to name them, but you had people on the telly bleating about how much they miss the fans and how much they need us. No chance, mate. And I know it's money and I know the football clubs have taken the money, so they've got to get what they're given. But that still don't mean us fans should suffer like that. You know, December is a nightmare month, an absolute nightmare month. And, you know, the game against right. Everton, the game against Everton, an hotel in Liverpool that's normally 40 quid on a Saturday night, it's 220 quid. Robbery, we're done. Right, I'm, I've had me moan now, up the Arsenal. <laughs> right, guys, as always, thanks very much. Uh, an hour, you know, an hour on this podcast feels like an hour and 18 minutes, but it's been an hour. Thanks very much for being watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. I'm Fergus, joined by Trev, Owen and Steve. Thanks very much, up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.